Would you stand with me and turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Can I tell you something real quick that has nothing to do with the sermon but just me as a daddy? We took our girls to the fair Thursday. And it was probably my most favorite day I've had with them. Uh, Grandma took the, the, the little one. I said little one. The enlarged one. She, she took the boy. And we took the girls. And they were into everything. And so I don't know how to cloak this. It's without it sounding braggadocious. But daddies, you know what it's like when you feel like Superman to your kids? Well, I saw all these rigged things. I said, I can't do that, 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 can't throw a ring over a two-liter bottle 60 yards away, can't do that. Football through a tire. So I peeled out a little money, and I want you to know that your pastor in this rigged thing was three for four through the football. Yeah. I asked the lady afterwards, I said, has anyone ever gotten all four? She said, one little boy did. He was just like throwing them and they went in. But I had my choice of this huge animal, but I got two babies. I said, instead of one big one, can I get two medium-sized ones? And I got two medium bulldogs about like that for my little girls and put them in there. So I'm pushing the stroller through the fair and you could see it on my face like, I won those. (laughs) I won those for my girls. Yeah. Tell them, tell them who won those babies. So anyway, has nothing to do with anything, but just want you to know, I felt like Superman. First Thessalonians 5, 18, if you're there, say amen. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. We who were raised in Pentecostal circles believed that quenching the Spirit was if you didn't participate at a certain volume or if you weren't as open to the gifts as someone else. But God's Word puts it right next to the unthankful person. I don't believe I'm reading anything into it to say that ingratitude quenches the Holy Spirit of God. The thankful heart is not only the greatest virtue but it's the parent of all great virtues. That's a quote from Cicero. Unoffered thanks is only an opinion, and an opinion never blesses anyone. Thankfulness allows you to enjoy and celebrate the present. It blocks toxic emotions like regret, envy, and depression. It makes you stress resilient, and it helps in your relationships And establishes a sense of self-worth. In everything. Not for everything, but in everything. Give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you on the subject. What's the matter with thanksgiving? What's the matter? The subject matter. What's the deal? And I want to tell you, and those of you that call this place home, you know that I don't say this often, if ever. This will be one of the most practical messages you'll hear. And if you digest this and assimilate it and put it into practice, it will change every area of your life for the good. 
Father, I just humble myself before you, and I want to tell you that um, it still is very overwhelming to me that somebody like me gets to be recognized on Pastor Appreciation Day. And you and I both know that any good that's ever been done in my life or in this church has come by the power of your Holy Spirit. So I give you all credit and honor and glory for that. But I do want to thank you for a church body that loves me as a man, as a brother, as a husband, as a friend. I pray this morning that you give me the capacity to speak with such clarity, O Lord, that it would be like the ABCs of our youth, that once we learn the sound, we can structure sentences. Once we learn what you're saying, we can put together situations and scenarios in our life that will change the very environment in which we live. And I thank you for the power of your word. Forgive us for quenching the work of God in our hearts. Forgive us, O Lord, for quenching the Holy Spirit in our hearts through ingratitude. And help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Several years ago, I preached a message on unthankfulness. How many of you here when we gave out the thick rubber bands? And said, every time you caught yourself complaining, pull that rascal back, not a little bit, way out here and let it go. Well, after a couple of hundred visits to the emergency room, we took those rubber bands off. The common thing that I heard from people was they said, I never realized how much I complained. Well, there are people that don't complain, but they're not grateful either. And so this message will deal some with unthankfulness, but primarily with the power of thankfulness. The spiritual power that God associates with it. And the grace that follows it. The miraculous power that accompanies it. First of all, if you're taking notes, number one, thankfulness is a matter of perception. Some people grumble that roses have thorns. Other people are grateful that thorns have roses. It truly is a matter of perspective. It's like the couple that was sitting at the breakfast table. I know you and your husband have never done this, but he was the griper and she was the sarcastic one. And he was like, we have no money. We have no savings. We have no plan. There's no IRA. There's nothing coming. There's no tree in the yard growing money. There's no truck coming down the street with money. What do we have to be thankful for? She said, be thankful we're not our creditors. (laughs) It is this lack of true perspective, listen, that shows us that we do not even know how to approach God. Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, we know how to praise. We know how to sing about the goodness of God, the, the, the greatness of God, the holiness of God, the power of God, the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God. We glorify God. And he said, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Before you say anything, or am I reading something into it? Come in the gate before, before you get close. Tell me what you're grateful for. And we wonder why our worship experience is not where we think it should be. Could it be that it was not accepted? 
enter my gates with thanksgiving. And from that, come into my courts with praise. Now watch. He goes right back to the beginning. Be thankful unto me. And bless my name because I've been good to you. My mercy is everlasting and my truth endureth to all generations. Be thankful. Enter. That's the approach. There is no encounter without approach. Are you a grateful person? Now, here's where some of us stumble. And please don't think I'm getting on to you. I'm just like turning the lights on today. That's all I'm trying to do. Uh, Guys, we don't have makeup mirrors, but maybe you've played around with your wife's makeup mirror. See, when y'all, when y'all ain't home, we check stuff out. We don't know what it does. I remember the first day I found out that there was a light on that thing. And then I turned it around and I went, oh! And you get close to it. And you see things in there you didn't even, even see. You're like, great day. And women said, oh, you saw me without my makeup. Y'all see us every day without any help. And we still look this good. Y'all ought to appreciate. We ain't got nothing on. Just making it work. (laughs) This message, I want us just to see ourselves clearly. We're not even where we think we are because we didn't approach the right way. Are you a thankful person? Would your spouse say that you're a thankful person? Would your children say you're a thankful person? Would God say that you're a thankful person? Thankfulness is not a feeling. That's an opinion. Well, the Lord knows I'm grateful. No, wrong, wrong. Thankfulness, unexpressed, is not thankfulness. Our generation has lost the concept of gratitude. Handwritten notes, going out of your way to be grateful. Gratitude is not only a blessing to the receiver, but it's, it's a character-building trait of the giver. It means that I'm aware of what you've done. Thankfulness is the memory of the heart. It should flow from us as we daily acknowledge what has been done for us, is being done in us, what God has kept us from, and what awaits us. Let me tell you that again. We acknowledge what God has done for us in Christ. What is being done or done for us in Christ. What's being done in us. The great change that's happening by the power of the Holy Spirit. What he's kept us from. What do you mean what he's kept us from? Any of y'all went to your 10 or 20 year reunion? And you saw that person you couldn't live without? You didn't marry him. But you saw him. And you, hey, how you been? Good. And you walked away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You had a revival spell like you kept, you kept me from that. Y'all know I'm going to tell you the truth. You've had, you know what I'm talking about. And they just as crazy as three sheets in the wind and two of them striped. And they wasn't crazy when you knew them. You're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, let me get back to my notes. Thankfulness should flow when we recognize God's nearness, his worth, his faithfulness, and his kindness. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough. It turns what we have into more. It turns denial into acceptance. It turns chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast. 
a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. That's from Melody Beatty. I just thought that was beautiful. I got a friend of mine here today. His name's Kevin. He and my friend Keith, we go back a long way. And one day I took a, an evangelist to lunch. My pastor told me, take him out. You know, they was there for revival. His name was Jerry B. Walker. And he told me to take him to lunch. And so uh, he was, Kelly's going to make fun of my, when I do accents, Kelly always says, that's not what that was. I'll try to do English. She'll say, that's Scottish. I'll try to do German. She'll go, that's Icelandic. I don't know. But whatever he was, he had a cool accent. And I said, where would you like to go to lunch? He was, take me somewhere special, special. Just take me. So I took him to H&H. And he was very prim and proper, very proper. So we walked in and, you know, you got short ribs and fried chicken. And no offense, but, you know, when the people cooking chicken are 300 pounds, you know you're in the right place, you know. You know everything going to have fat back in it, green beans. And he's looking through the thing like this. And he goes, I just picked from these. And I said, yeah. So he goes, I'd like... What's that meat hanging on that bone? That's a short rib. I'll take a short rib. And he got chicken and green beans and fat back and uh, got him a piece of, uh, not strickling, but what do you call it? The pork rind that's hard and salty. Fat back. Thank you. Fat back. Got him some thin cornbread. And we sat down at the table. It's just a meal. And I said, preacher, would you like to give grace? He goes, Yes. And I'll never forget this. See, God will teach us if we're just aware. It's just all, it's always around us. And change comes from illumination. I'm thinking he's going to break out a dear God that made the heavens and ran his finger down the side of a mountain and created brooks that ran into the sea. You know, that's how preachers pray. And they pray for the missionaries. And you're thinking, dear Lord, the missionaries done eight by now. Can we, you know. But he said, I remember it like yesterday. I goes, God, I'm just tickled about this whole mess. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that was from his soul. <laughs> and you'll be surprised. There are people who turn little into much and mundane into great, all because of perspective. And we're trying to get deep when we ought to be doing the basics. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus, that you be thankful for the small things, the consistent things, the good things, because God's been good to you. It changes everything. Thankfulness, this is so good, sees what other people don't see, feels what other people don't feel, knows what other people don't know, and responds in ways that other people can't respond. When that woman saw Jesus come into the house and he wasn't even greeted at the door, not so much with uh, water for his feet. And she knelt down in front of him and took her hair. These filthy feet, sweaty, picking up all the dirt. And she washed his hair with tears. Now watch this. The custom was to give water for the feet. She brought water from inside of her, not outside of her. And she began to weep over his feet 
and washed him, took her glory. The glory of a woman is her hair. And she said, my glory for the basest part of who you are. And see, you look at thankful people and you think, oh, they just been reading Zig Ziglar. There's nothing to that. Or, oh, they just act that way. No, we saw him when you didn't see him. We felt something you didn't feel. We know something you don't know. And we are willing to do something you're not willing to do because I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Don't let unthankful people squeeze you into the mold. Because if you're grateful in this day and age, you will not fit in. The Bible says in the last day, men will be lovers of of their own selves. Unthankful to God and man. Gratitude is not a matter of manners. Watch. It's a matter of revelation. It's a matter of revelation. I see you. I see what you've done. And I see the crime of being silent. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thankfulness is a matter of person. Not just perception, but a matter of person. R.H. Blythe says this. There is no greater difference between men than the difference between grateful and ungrateful people. Thankfulness is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, make me thankful. I ain't going to do it. What do you mean it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit? It is not an expression that is the outworking of the Holy Spirit in your life. It is a matter of your choice. Thankfulness is not a fruit. It's a will. It is an identifier. It's a tag of the truest you. Ingratitude is a tag of the truest you. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. By him, by Jesus, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is... The fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Thankful people are not made that way. They simply choose to live that way. Have you ever felt this way or heard someone say, well, that's just easy for them. They're that way. What a cop out. No, thankful people have learned. And by the way, for those of you that are grateful, you can verify this. It's addictive. Because your steps gets lighter. The small things become more enjoyable. There's a lightness, a levity that comes. And I'll get to that in a moment with being grateful. Leviticus 22, 29 says, When you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. That's why in this church we don't ever uh, pull or manipulate or guilt you into giving. Oh, by the way, I meant to tell you. Uh, the money made it to Kenya and Hussar and them were able to buy not two befores, but they were round like log cabin logs and they got all the post up. Before, it was just sticks and they've got these huge post up. You might have seen it on Facebook and if, if you're on Facebook, go friend Hussar Omega and they've got the outline of the church already built up and they're putting the corrugated aluminum on and he said, please tell them how grateful we are for the church. He goes, God's name will be praised. Update you soon, Hassar. So I just want to thank you for your giving to him. 
Thankfulness is not a feeling. Gratitude feels. Thankfulness speaks and acts. In the same way, unthankfulness can be an accurate expression of our true selves. Unthankfulness is not a matter of experience, location, history, or environment, but the person. Unthankfulness is a symptom of blindness. Is there anything sadder than the person who can't see all that they have and all that they have that other people do not? Nowadays, people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. Nowadays, people know the price of everything and the value of nothing. I had an experience several years ago with family, many years ago, but it was one of those that stood out in my mind because I saw myself in it. And you know, our excuses never seem so stupid till we see somebody else use them. So, we're in the room with Christmas and some of my nephews were in there and you couldn't see the kids for the gifts. And Kelly and I are already having to balance. I just want to buy them everything and we're thinking, no, two or three on Christmas morning because between grandma and somebody else, they'll have 219 presents. So we just want to do two or three. So I watched our nephews. You know, we each got one gift. Here's a tie. Here's a tie clip. Thank you. Thank you. And they're just unwrapping one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. You've done eating. You're coming back, unwrapping, unwrapping, unwrapping. And one of the little boys kicked the empty boxes out of the way and he goes, is that it? I'm like, oh, oh, no, you don't. I was, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, you don't. I'll take you outside. You just need an adjustment. I can help you with this. And several years ago, just a couple, clear as a bell on this stage while I was preaching, the Lord showed me that story in my mind and then said, oh, no, you don't. When you make excuse for it, it takes over everything. It is not a specific location cancer where someone says, well, I'm grateful for my job. I'm just not grateful for my family. No, no. It spreads to everything. You minimize blessings, if not completely overlook them, and are overtaken by what's not there or what you don't have. It's a symptom of blindness. Unthankfulness is also the evidence of immaturity and carnality. It is also unmistakably rebellious. Let me give it to you this way. I will not acknowledge my blessings. I will not acknowledge the source of my blessings. I will not acknowledge that I do not deserve any blessings. You've heard me ask you this before, but to drive the point home, Anybody besides me deserve hell according to the scripture? Did you deserve hell? Then how do we deserve better? How do we deserve more? Gratitude or ingratitude 
takes us over when the rebellious spirit weighs it out and says to itself, an audience of one, I deserve better than what I have. I deserve a better spouse than I have. I deserve a better house than I have. I deserve a better car. Now, God wants us to be blessed and prospered, but more than that, he wants us grateful for the things that we have. And rebellion demands more. It sees us as being shortchanged. You have never met a more miserable person than the one that feels that life has shortchanged them. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. I will not live grateful, the rebellious person says. I will not be appreciative and I will not be worshipful. I will not whisper my thanks, much less shout it out in the congregation of the righteous. I refuse to worship you wholeheartedly until I feel that you've done enough. And we wonder why our quiet time and our worship experience is so forced. Gratitude isn't forced, it's reflexive. I see, I'm grateful. I see, I'm grateful. Unthankfulness is a symptom of the last day apostasy. I told you, in the last days, perilous times shall come Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to, un, to parents, unthankful and unholy. Unthankfulness is rooted and grounded in pride. I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve now. Unthankfulness is the boldness to take God's best and act as if it were nothing special or it was deserved. While thankfulness is like sweet perfume, Unthankfulness has the smell of infection, disease, and death. You ever spend any lengthy amount of time in a nursing home? No matter what they do, it smells like infection, disease, decay, and death. And you can get used to it. But if you stay out of it, and go back in, it'll almost knock you out and other people are accustomed to it. Could it be that you've been unthankful so long that you don't even know the difference anymore? God doesn't heal us of ingratitude. We repent of ingratitude. I can't pray the effects of ingratitude off a person because it has nothing to do with me. It's between you and the God that has walked with you and provided for you in difficult times as well as bad. That's why he said in all things, there are difficult times where it's very hard to, to make ourselves be grateful, but it's a choice. Okay, number three, thankfulness is a matter of pleasure. It is not happy people who are thankful but it is thankful people who are happy. Psalm 69, 30 through 32, listen to this. I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord more than ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble will see this, what? My gratitude and be glad and the heart shall live that practices this, that seeks God. It brings pleasure to God. This shall please the Lord better than sacrifice. 
You know how our kids get us, don't you? It's not that we are able to supply the thing. It's the gratitude that follows. Little Izzy will run up to me. And remember I told you about buying Elsa a couple weeks ago? I told her she'd have it the next day. And she'd just be playing in the house with it. And she'd run up and just hold my leg. And she'd go, thank you for Elsa again. You want another Elsa, baby? You want me to go get you another Elsa? <laughs> Can you imagine your children at Christmas or at their birthday coming up to you the second or third time and saying, I know I've already thanked you. Yes, you have. That's plenty. Thank you. No. The parent goes, what? I know I've already told you two or three times, but mama, this was just what I wanted. Do you understand that we have the opportunity to bring pleasure to God? Like little children. God, thank you for my car. Lord, thank you for my dog. He's stupid, but thank you anyways. He's not smart. One of the things the Lord told me about myself, and again, when I say the Lord told me, it wasn't audible. You know, you just have impressions. You have ideas and thoughts. Remember that song when we were growing up? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. He said, my people don't do that anymore because they ran out of paper. If you literally went home and said, my next quiet time, I say nothing, I pray nothing, but I write out what you decided to do for me and give me, you would flip page after page after page, after page, and then you'd feel repentance coming upon you. After page, after page, and then you'd feel wholeness start coming in again. We have forgotten that it's not good manners. It's not that it's good manners to thank the Lord. It brings pleasure to Him. That's the motivation. Lord, have I told you thank you today? Yeah, but tell me again. God, Thank you for my wife and my babies. Thank you for rescuing me from my dark place. Thank you, O Lord, for not giving up on me when I would have given up on myself. Thank you, O Lord, that I'm uh, alive and I can eat what I want. And you just can go on and on and on. The carnal soul finds that distasteful. I would rather study the deep things of God because they don't cost you anything. Gratitude takes a humility. It takes a, a humbling but, it, but it's a renewing as well. It brings pleasure to others. The Bible says the humble will see this gratitude and be glad. And it brings pleasure to yourself by healing you. And look, listen to this. And it says, and your heart shall live. And in the Greek, it means your heart will recover. Your heart will revive. I've got a friend of mine here. His name's Henry. And every now and then we go to lunch together and he's relatively a new Christian. He's older than me, by the way. He looks older than me, too. But, but he, he's a relatively new Christian. But I told him to his face, I was very convicted in a good way by him. When we get together, he's always talking about his blessings. Always about how grateful. And I made the mistake of asking him to pray one day over lunch. And his wasn't like Jerry V, like, God! It wasn't like that. 
It was the country man that takes his hat off and goes, you're just so good to me, Lord. I just, all you've done for me and my wife and my family. And you ever been around someone praying where it sounded so intimate you wanted to leave? Intimate. And Lord God, look at love. Somebody like me, you'd take care of and bless me with all I have in my, my land and my family and my grandbabies. And, oh, God, I just want you to know how grateful. And I'm thinking to myself, I compare that to some of my prayers. To Heavenly Father, thank you for this food we're about to receive. Help it to nourish my body, body, kingdom, service. Jesus' name, amen. And I'm thinking, you really liked his a lot better, didn't you, Lord? But that wasn't the point. It was it brought the Lord pleasure. His countenance was alive. His words were alive. His body is alive. His outlook on his marriage is alive. His looking at the future was alive. It was recovering and reviving his soul. Do you see, it, it, there's a power there. It brings pleasure to God. It brings pleasure to others. And it brings pleasure through the reconstruction of our DNA. Something happens to us when we do what is expected and natural in giving thanks to God. It rewires us. It brings life to us. Number four, thankfulness is a matter of prayer. Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Colossians 4 says, continue in prayer and watch in the same with all thanksgiving. It has been said that appreciation, gratitude, and thankfulness is the highest form of prayer. I believe praying in the Spirit is the most spiritual form of prayer. But I don't know of a higher form of prayer than thankfulness. I don't know of anything more pure than for someone in their secret place, whether it's a closet or in their car, bowing their head and rehearsing, saying, I don't want you to think that I've forgotten what you've done for me, not only in Christ, but in my life. And I want to rehearse my gratitude to you. Don't think of the things God did not give you after praying. Think of the many things he gave you that you never asked for. Prayerful people are thankful people. And thankful people pray. Because I cannot pray without being aware of my many blessings. And I cannot think of my many blessings and not give thanks to the Lord in prayer. I find it hard to pray. It could be because we find it hard to be grateful. Thankfulness in prayer means that we have the right approach, the right attitude, and the right expression when we come before God. It's hard to pray self-centered when our thankfulness is focused on the goodness of the Lord. It's hard to pray hard-hearted when we pray in a spirit of gratitude. It's hard to pray in unforgiveness when we are repeatedly reminding ourselves of the grace of God that's been given to us. Prayer that is fueled by thankfulness, listen to this, ushers you into deep divine peace. Not prayer. Prayer with thanksgiving ushers you into deep divine peace. Philippians 4, let me read it again. 4, 6, now let me give you 7 as well. 6 says this. Be careful for nothing, 
But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. And the next verse. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. That word guard means military protection. To the grateful person, God grants peace like a soldier that stands in front of your heart and says, no worry has access in here. No troubles, don't don't test me. He guards the heart. There is a deep, settled peace in those not only that know his word, but are grateful. The grateful soul doesn't have time to worry, and the worrier doesn't have time to be grateful. Deep, divine peace is available to those that are thankful. Number five, and there's only six, by the way, we'll be done. Thankfulness is a matter of power. I don't know who this is for, but you need to write this phrase down right here. Thankfulness turns what we have into enough. Thankfulness turns what we have into enough. And Jesus asked Philip, how can we feed all of these people? 5,000 men, not counting women and children. He said, well, 200 penny worth is not, you know, enough to even give everybody a bite. He said, sit them down in groups of 50. Find what we have. And they went out into the crowd and found a boy with five loaves and two fish. Now, this wasn't a long Wonder Bread loaf. This is a loaf, small like this. And fish weren't like sea bass. You're talking little bitty uh, sardine kind of fish. Most commentators agree for a little boy to carry. You know, mom probably threw it in a brown bag and it was all greasy at the bottom. And you know it wasn't refrigerated. You know, that's just something I thought of. You could probably smell it 50 people away. But Jesus brought that which was probably not attractive. Most assuredly was not enough. And the Bible said he blessed it and gave thanks for it. So watch the video. 5,000 people, not counting women and children. So seven, eight, 9,000 people, maybe 10. Jesus says, I just want to thank you for what you've given us. And in the spirit of thankfulness, those fish multiplied. And as he broke off pieces of bread and they handed people fish, what did that look like? Did they tear the fish in half? If they did, another one grew back. If they gave them the whole fish, then there was another one in the basket. And they fed all 5,000 men, not counting women and children. The Bible said they ate until they were full. Watch. So not only did it meet the need, it satisfied them. There is a power found in thankfulness. It does not turn every meal into a feast but it satisfies the one at the table. It satisfies the one at the table. Y'all have heard me give this illustration a hundred times, so 101's good. We'll go for it one more time. There's a preacher that I used to listen to early on in my faith. If I called his name, you'd know it. And he said, someone had asked him what was the most miraculous thing he'd ever seen because he was known for signs that would follow sometimes in his ministry. Lame walked. The blind saw and the deaf heard. He said, it was a Sunday lunch 
And I don't know where daddy was, if he was passed away or away, I don't remember. But his mother told all the kids, I think it was nine kids. If You know, you tell stories for 30 or 40 years and they can shrink or grow. I don't know the number, but I remember the, the primary part of the story. He said, help, help me set the table. And he said, there was no food. No food. They set a meat tray out, a bread tray out, vegetable trays out. And he said, mama said, all right, let's pray. And he said, I looked at my brother and like, mama's gone. Mama's done. <laughs> There's no food on the table. And he said, my mother turned her head toward heaven and she said, father, I was once young, but now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Bless this bounty. And he said, I turned to my brother and went, bounty. That we're about to receive in Jesus' name. And all the kids' heads turned to the door. And he said, over a period of the next 20 or 30 minutes, not all at once. Hey, sister so-and-so. God woke me up this morning and told me to clean this chicken and bring it over to y'all and have it fixed. And some brought vegetables and some brought bread. And he said, it wasn't a feast, but every plate my mother laid out, every expectation, every gratitude that was offered was filled. And then here was the point that just mowed my spirit over. It was like revelation, like bam. He said, and you were impressed about the miracle. He said, no, no, no. My mother was not surprised. He said, we watched mama. She said, sit down, pass the bread, baby, pass the mashed potatoes. So much that it was a, there was a calmness. There was a divine peace that knew that if I'm thankful for what I have, God will supply all that I need. Not all that I want, but all that I need. All he's waiting to see is if I'm grateful. See, we might not have had any food for this meal, but didn't we eat the last one? He's looking for that trait because that is an eternal trait. That's an eternal trait of gratitude. We'll be thanking the Lord for age of ages to come for the grace that's been extended to us. Paul and Silas were in prison. Uh, can you imagine? I, I kind of identify with Silas, very little with Paul, but Silas, because I'm going on the mission field. And he stepped out there and got thrown into prison. It's kind of like being a possum for the Lord. You know, I'm going to cross the street for the Lord. I'm going to go go with the apostle Paul. It's going to be great. And he winds up stripped so they're naked, beaten with rods, and chained to a limestone wall in the inner dungeon, which means there's a dungeon, and then past that, in an inner dungeon, probably standing in their own excrements or sitting however they were chained. And the Bible says that around midnight, they began to pray and sing. Sounds like us, huh? I can imagine, I'll just put me in the role of Silas. So it's dark, you're naked, you're bleeding, you're humiliated, you're in horrible conditions. He goes, so prophet, what we going to do now? It's time to sing, son. What? Silas. God's listening. And at midnight, naked, bleeding, maligned, falsely judged, humiliated, embarrassed, 
They were thankful for the life they had before. They were thankful in, in the life they had. And they were thankful in the expectation to come. And the Bible says that God sent an earthquake and broke the foundation of the prison. All the doors opened. See, your thankfulness can free other people too. All the doors opened. I heard one preacher, it's not great theology, but it makes for a wonderful story. He said, God got to hear in that midnight song. And that, you know, got to leg in it and everything. And, and, and God's foot got to tapping. And he hit the earth with it. And it caused an earthquake. Well, yeah, it's like that. God is moved by gratitude in the worst of seasons. Now, I'm not a builder. I don't know. I can't, I can't build Lego. I can't build nothing. Uh, nothing. But I know that when the foundation of a prison is broken so much so that all the doors open, you can't use that prison no more. And some of you are wondering how you're going to get out. Sing your way out. Thankfulness. Y'all remember that laundry thing you used to call it shout? Got a tough stain? Shout it out. There's some theology to that. When the devil slaps you or your baby. I bless the Lord today. He won't hit you but about three times. I said I bless the Lord today. He's been good to me and he's listening. And you just smote his baby. You might as well stick your finger in the eye of God. He's going to tip out. But if he hits you and please devil, please stop. He rides you like a pony all day long. Thankfulness is a matter of power. And finally, Lisa, would you mind coming and playing this morning for me? It's a matter of permanent record. If you're taking notes, please write this down. Thankfulness is a matter of permanent record. There was a gathering of Jesus and disciples. And Mary brought in an alabaster box filled with precious spikenard. Most commentators agree that this pound box or so was worth the salary, a year's salary of a Roman soldier, so probably five years of her pay. And she broke it and poured it over the the head of Jesus. And Jesus says of her, listen to this verse, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, This woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. See, your gratitude is an aroma that the Lord carries. And when they drug Jesus before Pilate and they pulled that robe off of him, they said, somebody really loved him. When they whipped him, And that whip took pieces of flesh off. It would sling the aroma of her gratitude across. Somebody must really love him. Our home can be filled with the aroma of gratitude. Not not everything happy daisy. It's not always happy. But gratitude 
transcends that. It says, baby, yeah, it's hard right now. It's, life's hard right now. But let's just talk about how good God's been. Wherever the gospel is preached. So what God meant was, I'm writing this down. You've heard me tell you the stories when my dad laid in his bed right before he died in that hospital bed and didn't have the strength. And he asked the nurse, I watched him from the hallway to put his hand up in that little pulley. And he hooked his hand up and I heard him singing and worshiping God. Heaven said, it's permanent. Ingratitude is permanently recorded as well. Did I not heal nine, ten of you? Jesus, where are the nine? Did not but one come back to give glory to the Lord? Only one? Now, if, if the percentages, God's word, we can't say, well, 10% of the people are grateful. But what if that's the case? Did I not give 10 of you a spouse? Didn't, didn't I give 10 of you health? Don't 10 of you drive? Can't 10 of you eat? Can't 10 of you use the restroom? Can't 10 of you sleep? Don't you have your mind about you? Where's the nine? I can't answer for them, Lord. And you're not supposed to answer. You're not supposed to compare yourself and make yourself better. So I, I can't talk about that, but I just, I just wanted to thank you for what you've done for me. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. See, some people pray so they can get something out of God. The lepers wanted to be cleansed. They got their cleansing. But the grateful person, God spoke over them, not only your leprosy, but everything else in your life is whole. Do you, do you catch this? Wholeness, not healing. The thing we're praying for is not the main thing. Wholeness. You want wholeness. Because when God gives you that, everything else is just tinsel and aluminum foil and glitter. When you're whole in your mind, body, soul, and spirit. With no one answering, are you of the nine? I believe they were grateful in the sense of, thank you, Lord, for healing me. But now I got to use my healing to get back and do the things I've been missing. And one said, where is he? Where is he? And ran back to him. <laughs> I said, I just didn't, I didn't want this moment to pass without you knowing that I know what you did for me. And he just began to worship him. And the healing wasn't limited to physical. It just took over everything. There's a little story I like to share at times during the year. It's another one of those. Today, y'all have had about three of them that just really affected me as a believer. There was a little girl in a church service, pastor friend told me, whose dad would, had passed away. Mom was raising her by herself. And her mom passed away. She was like 11 or 12. And they didn't have anything, you know. They're the family that pulls up with three or four kids and, you know, they're all crammed in a car. This is four car seats, 
Y'all remember when we used to hold each other in the car? She left her oldest daughter her wedding band. 15, 20 bucks. It was nothing. It was her prized possession. And the pastor is on the stage when they're giving offering. And he saw her and she was... When the offering come by, she took the ring off and she put it in the offering basket. And like any sane pastor, good pastor, he approached her and said, I, I saw what you did today and that was a beautiful, beautiful gesture. But he's thinking, we can't get a dollar. Just We just want to give it back to you. The Lord received it, but we just want to make sure you get it back. She said, no, no, no. He said, darling, listen to me. When you get older, this is going to mean a whole lot more to you, even than it does today. And I insist that you take it back. You know what the little girl said? She said, I didn't give it to you. I gave it to the Lord. And in heaven... permanent as long as there is time I record this day that the gratitude of this little girl has moved the king of kings and the lord of lords I delight in her I speak over her could it be that we are one decision away from the life we've always wanted to be grateful to be grateful Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I'm not going to ask for ungrateful people to come to the altar because the truth is most of us would have to come. But if you have felt the Lord's Spirit speak to you about your own soul and you want a purpose again, not only to be grateful, but to be consistently grateful, to be vocally grateful, to be expressively grateful to Him. And that's your desire with no one looking around. I want you just to stand where you are, every eye closed. And I want you to start right here for just a moment or two. Start naming your blessings. Don't think them, say them loud enough for you to hear yourself. I just want to thank you today, Lord, for... Just start naming your blessings one by one. Come on. Thank you. I just want to thank you this morning, Lord. I just want to thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you this morning, Lord. The rest of you, would you join us and stand? I invite you to lift your hands. And we're going to spend the last couple of minutes thanking the Lord. 
specifically thank him for the things, for the grace, for his keeping power, for being the friend that sticketh closer than a brother, for being your glory and the lifter of your head, for being your sustainer, For being your clear conscience for the first time and you can't remember when. For being the faithful one in your life. The one you can depend on and trust in. Church family, would you look this way right before we dismiss? Now, creatively, as unique as you are, think of things that are very different for you. Let's say you're not the person that prays usually at dinner or lunch. Be the one that tells your babies, bow your heads, daddy's going to pray. God, I haven't thanked you like I should for how you feed us and take care of us. But I want you to know as man of this house... I'm grateful that you meet all of our needs. Watch what it does to your children when they see you get in the car. Oh, God, thank you for a car that cranks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that my wife's a be. Isn't mama beautiful? God, thank you for a beautiful wife. You'll learn that they'll start imitating that behavior. Olivia said the other day, I said, you th- what are you thankful for today? She goes, I'm thankful for you and you and you, my family. And I was like, Let's go buy you some Elta dolls, baby. Let's go. Are we on here, John?